0: Daniel Jackson could end up the best receiver in the Big Ten in 2024. And I'm going to tell you why I believe he's the most productive returning this season. You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Whatever it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. What is up, Minnesota Gopher fans? You are listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Kane Rob, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant. Here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And today we're breaking we're breaking some storylines. We're going to be able to talk about why I truly believe Daniel Jackson is the most productive wide receiver coming back from the big 10 and why he could make a case to be the best wide receiver in the conference in 2024. Now I know that might sound absolutely crazy because the Gophers don't pass the ball a lot, but you know what? They didn't pass the ball a lot last year and he was still a top three receiver in the conference. Yes, there's new teams coming in, but there is a case Be made. So we're going to talk about him in that Big Ten wide receiver conversation today. We're also going to talk about will Minnesota step up in the passing game, because if he is going to make that claim, they definitely need to at least take a step forward in the passing game. We have said time and time again, PJ is going to pass ball more and he never does. Fool me once, shame on you. I'm not going to get fooled again, but I do think there's at least an inkling of maybe slight improvement, not massive, not rapid, but slight. Finally, we're going to talk about is wide receivers becoming more important for the Gophers offense over the tight end position. We're diving into all of that today. So if you want more Gophers content like this each and every day, be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube because next week we're talking about some of the most important players in the 2024 season. We're going to talk about the highest upside young guys on this team and in the program and so much more. So don't miss out by hitting subscribe over on YouTube and let me know in the comments any questions you have that you want answered when it comes to Gopher sports because we will have a mailbag episode. Episode coming next week. Now let's talk about Daniel Jackson because he could make a claim for the best receiver in the big 10 and that take feels bold. It might feel hot, take spicy, but it isn't too far fetched. Now one could definitely make the case that he is the most productive receiver returning, not coming from the new edition schools. So taking a look at the landscape, you look at who's coming back. First of all, Roman Wilson, gone. Isaiah Williams, gone. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. gone. Now two of those three were the top two receivers in production when it came to touchdowns, when it came to receiving yards, and what have you. But in third, right behind them was Daniel Jackson and Will Pauling. Now the best receivers turning in the 2024 season are those two I mentioned, Daniel Jackson of Minnesota, Will Pauling of Wisconsin, and Ty Felton of Maryland. Now Jackson finished in fourth in the Big Ten in receptions and yards, top two in both are going to the draft, like I said, in Isaiah Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. And he was number three uh in in touchdowns receiving. Now, the number three receiver in the conference in receiving yards and receptions was none other than Will Pauling. Now, Will Pauling only passed Daniel Jackson in yardage in the bowl games. You know, those bowl games, the same bowl games that we had Daniel Jackson play with a quarterback that didn't have a quarterback on the team, basically, and they only threw for 26. Yards. That's right. 26 total yards in the entire football game. So that really didn't play to Daniel Jackson's favor or do him any justice. And he only finished six yards behind Will Pauling Pauling in total yardage. Now you could be like, okay, well, what did Will Pauling do in the last game? Maybe he only had like 20 yards, so it's not that big a difference. No. Will Pauling had his only 100 plus yard game of the entire season for 143 yards in that bowl game where Wisconsin was throwing the ball like crazy. So, you know, that one game doesn't really define the actual total production and consistency you saw from those two receivers throughout the entire year. So when you're looking at it from that perspective and looking at what they did on a game to game basis, Daniel Jackson was a multi 100 yard game. Wide receiver in the entire conference. Plus, he had more touchdowns on the season and he did it all in a more efficient manner, only catching 59 receptions on the year to Pauling 74. So, in far more receptions, he only got six yards further and less touchdowns. I would say, production wise, Daniel Jackson is the best receiver returning. Now, you could also see hype wise, there's different players in this Big Ten conference that will have more hype than both of those receivers who are returning with the most production because Emeka Egbuka over at Ohio State is definitely going to get some praise returning. He had an up and down year last year with injuries. He had a bob out just over 500 yards receiving last year. It was a letdown year for him. He's coming back to build back up his draft stock. You've also got Caden Prather over at Maryland. He transferred in last year. He did all right, but Jayshon Jones was their number one guy. Kai Felton was their number two guy. So maybe he can step into a bigger role, but I'm not sure that he's going to have the same ilk as Will Pauling. Daniel Jackson, or Mecca Igbuka. So that's what you got coming back from the Big Ten Conference when it comes to the high, bigger names in the wide receiver category. But you've also got four new schools coming in. You've got Oregon, you've got Washington, UCLA, and USC. Now from those four new schools coming in, the people returning actually weren't extremely productive for those teams except for Tez Johnson over at Oregon who had over 11. Hundred receiving yards. So he's back. He's a big weapon. He could be the number one receiver in the big 10 definitely has a case at it in the next season, especially with them having Dylan Gabriel coming in at quarterback. So he's definitely in the conversation for best receiver in the conference. Hands down. Agmeca Ibuka is up there, but I think both Daniel Jackson and Will Pauling have a case to be made and should be in the conversation. Now Beyond that, you've got younger guys in the UCLA-USC programs that'll probably get some hype when it comes to being the best receiver. Zachariah Branch is going to get a lot of love and praise, but he only had 300 yards last year as a true freshman. John Michael Sturdivant over in UCLA, but who's going to even play quarterback for UCLA? And then Washington's receiver room was absolutely wiped out. Coaching staff moved on, so I'm not even going to put them in the conversation. So when you're looking at the overall picture – you're talking about the hype guys, like Mecca Ibuka, uh, maybe Caden Prather sneaks in. You've got the returning production guys, Daniel Jackson, Will Pauling, Ty Felton. That's five guys right there. And then you've got Tez Johnson. That's six guys that I think are absolutely going to be in the conversation for best receiver in the entire conference. But then you've got younger guys you don't know about. You could talk about a guy like maybe a Carnell Tate or a Jeremiah Smith. Now, I'm not sure I would count them in this list quite yet because you don't know who's going to be the quarterback at Ohio state. And yes, they might have a ton of talent there, but how much are they going to pass the ball? Because they have two of the best running backs in the country, Quinshawn Judkins and Travion Henderson, both there, maybe they're going to run a lot more as well. So it's hard to put multiple receivers into that top category, in my opinion, at this given moment. Now, sticking to Daniel Jackson and why I think he could be a surprise name in that conversation. For those who don't pay attention to what he's been doing, you're talking about a player who was top 10, if you, if you compare or combined all of that big 10 last year. So take Washington in their high flying championship game uh, level team last year, take Oregon and their two loss team last year, take uh, USC with Caleb Williams, take USCLA and add them to the big 10 of last year. Daniel Jackson is still top 10 in yards, in touchdowns and in receptions. He would be ninth in total yards Tied for eighth in total touchdowns receiving and tied for seventh in receptions. That just goes to show you Daniel Jackson had a phenomenal season with an offense that didn't pass the ball. How much did they not pass the ball? They were bottom 12 of 133 teams in pass attempts bottom 12. And they were also bottom eight of 133 teams in passing yards. So how can you be in the bottom 12 and the bottom eight in those categories and still have a receiver that's top 10 in that conference, plus those power schools coming in who are some of the best schools in the country? How does that makes sense. His team was bottom eight in passing yards of 133 teams. His team was bottom 12 in pass attempts of 133 teams. And yet he made his way to be a top 10 receiver across the big 10, including the four teams who are joining this year from the PAC 12 last year. Now, three of those teams, those PAC 12 teams were top five teams in the entire country of 133 teams in passing yards. Daniel Jackson, what he did was impressive as all get out. That should tell you not only how impressive his production was last year, but how great his upside could be with better quarterback play in 2024. So of all those players returning, I think Tess Johnson's going to be in the conversation. Emeka Ibuka is definitely going to be in the conversation. They have a ton of returning production, especially Ibuka in 2022, where he had over 1,100 yards receiving. Now, those two are the only two players who have had a year of more production than Daniel Jackson coming back. So I think overall, those three, maybe will Pauling are the top four options when it comes to the passing yards, who could be the best receiver in the big 10. And a lot of people might call me crazy for that, but I believe in the production. and I believe in the progression and you've seen both with Daniel Jackson. Now you add in Ty Felton and pray with Maryland, but can Maryland sustain their passing success in their passing game with MJ Morris at quarterback losing Talia Tungavailoa, who was the big 10 leader all time in passing yards. So overall, There's a case to be made, and it's not as far-fetched as it seems that Daniel Jackson could be the best receiver in the Big Ten. Now, if Brosmer's game carries over from the FCS level to the FBS level, I am calling my shot and saying Daniel Jackson finishes in the top five in conference and he cracks over a thousand yards receiving. And even with the Gophers being a run heavy team. Now, could the Gophers lean into the passing game a little bit more? I don't know if I can let myself be fooled again, but we're going to talk about that coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel because the Super Bowl is coming and it is going to be on and popping. And that means you need to find your best spot on the couch, get your best snacks, get your wings going, get your uh, buffalo chicken dip, which is a go-to in our household when it comes to the Super Bowl. And, you know, Get ready with your super bets. You need to head on over to America's number one sports book and FanDuel and you can take advantage of a new customer's deal they have going on right now in which if you place a bet of $5 or more and it wins you get $200 in bonus bets that's $200 in bonus bets if you place a $5 bet that wins so definitely go take advantage of it at fanduelcom on. you can take advantage of all sorts of things when it comes to Super Bowl betting including who you think the winner will be Who will score the first touchdown? What will the coin toss be? And so much more over at FanDuel. Again, that's America's number one sports book. And you can get there today and take advantage of that deal at FanDuel.com slash on. Go and do it before it is too late. All right, Govers fans. Let's talk about could Minnesota be planning to pass the ball more in 2024? I know that rhymes, I know it sounds slick, but overall, I know, I know we've said this before, I've asked it before, and now we're saying it again, same story every single year. And I'm skeptical, and tentative, and more so believe that I need to believe, I'll believe it all, I'll believe that they're going to pass the ball more when I see it, but there is a case to be made because in a recent interview with quarterbacks coach Quincy Avery, who is the quarterbacks coach for Max Brosmer, also quarterbacks coach with CJ Stroud, Jalen Hurts, Deshaun Watson, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, The list goes on and on. He's worked with a number of capable NFL quarterbacks, and he believes Max Brosmer can be in that tier, in that ilk, and has an NFL passing level IQ and ability as well. If that's the case, then what intrigued Max Brosmer to come to Minnesota where we haven't been known to pass the ball. Well, in a in an interview with Nadine Babu, friend of the show, there were some nuggets that hinted that maybe Minnesota is expecting to be passing the ball more in 2024 and that was a selling point to Max Brosmer. Now, Quincy Avery said when discussing his Conversations with the Minnesota staff. He kept a lot of it close to the vest, but he did have a couple comments to say. And he said, I will say it looks like they are looking at throwing the football more. I think they made it very apparent their plans for him in that offense and how things could be different from the things that they have run previously. I think what they plan on doing at this point is something that will fit him. If they were going to be running the same things that they ran last year, It isn't somewhere I'd be like, ah, I feel good about you going there and being able to live out your dreams. Now, that being said, the staff did a really good job at explaining to Max Brosmer what their plan was and what their plan is and how they plan to use him. So all of that and hearing it that makes you think they definitely had coaches or conversations with his quarterback coach and with Max Brosmer himself on wanting to get the passing game going more, how they would use it differently with him at the helm, and what that will be like. But it calls into question how different. Will this offense be now? Is that a selling point or is there real change on the way? That is going to be the biggest question for Gophers fans and media alike that cover this Gophers team because when listening to Max talk with Justin Gard in an interview recently, it sounded like he understood efficiency was important and that the pass attempts that he saw with the New Hampshire team would not be the same level of pass attempts that he would see here in Minnesota. Now, at least that seems to give you some sense of understanding and honesty that there was in that approach between the coaches and Max Brosmer. And he also stressed that the ground game would be pertinent for Minnesota. So It's been laid at least a little bit plain language on the table like this team is going to run. This team is going to have a bunch of backs that are capable of doing it, but we need you at the offensive helm to be efficient and we can still get those passing numbers going. So I wonder exactly what that looks like in this offense. And Minnesota just went all out to keep Darius Taylor, their star young running back, who will be here more than just one year of eligibility-wise, whereas Max Brosmer only has the one year left. So I definitely think that Darius Taylor is still the face and the focus of this offense. But I am curious to see how different it will really be. Was it all just words or are we actually going to pass the ball more and get to more modern concepts? Now, efficiency could bring us more production a la 2019 like we have seen before where the Gophers had their best season in so many decades. But I will not let myself buy into Minnesota even cracking the top 100 schools for pass attempts which has still yet to happen in the seven years that we have had Coach Fleck at the helm. So yes, there's hope and there's upside for more production in the passing game in this offense, but this team will be ground and pound moving forward and I would bet my money on that. But I am curious to see just how much changes and how much hinges on how much uh, of the errors of 2023 hinged on quarterback play. We're going to find out one way or another in 2024. Now, definitely love to hear your thoughts and your insight on what you think will happen. Is it all talk or do you think it'll be backed up? Let me know in the comments over on YouTube. Feel free to send me a DM on Twitter and I'll love to hear your thoughts there as well. But we're going to keep talking about what is changing with this offense, because I think that the Gophers are showing their hand when it comes to how tight ends will be used in this offense moving forward. We saw it a little bit last year. In the year, we thought Brevin Spanford would have more production, but that wasn't the case. Now, part of it was on drops, but part of it was on the offense itself. And I'm going to talk to you about why I think Minnesota is showing its cards and wide receivers are going to be more pertinent than ever next season. That's what's coming up next. All right, Govers fans, we're wrapping up today by talking about which tight or will the tight ends get as much usage in 2024 or will Minnesota switch their shift or their set, shift their focus, words, too many S's. You get what I'm saying. Will they shift their focus and their sets to more wide receiver involvement? Now, if you look at last year alone, you saw a lot more wide receivers getting involved in the offense. At times you saw Daniel Jackson on the field. Chris Hottman-Bell on the field, Corey Crooms on the field, Elijah Spencer on the field, but Mickey Brockington on the field. That's five receivers right there that were getting a healthy amount of snaps. Now, tight end wise, you saw Brevin Spanford, you saw Nick Keller, and occasionally you saw Jameson Gears. But will that tight end priority tick down outside of usage in the run blocking game? I think the Gophers are tipping their hand a little bit and showing that that will be the case. Because if you look at the priorities Priorities of the offseason, you see that we brought in two transfers prioritized in that portal in Christian Driver and uh, Var- Varney, I believe is his last name, coming from a D2 school. On top of that, they had offered many wide receivers out there, including one that landed over with uh, the Badgers and Henry. They had a guy coming from Purdue to somewhere else. They had someone who landed at Vanderbilt. Uh, Someone who landed at Colorado, I believe. So the Minnesota put a lot of wide receiver offers out there on the table in this offseason. They showed that they were prioritizing the wide receiver position on top of that, you have three players returning with a healthy amount of snaps from last year in Daniel Jackson, Elijah Spencer, and Lameki Brockington. So you add those three, you talk about the two transfers coming in, and then you talk about at least one freshman last year getting a lot of hype from this staff. But there were multiple freshmen on this in the classroom last year that had some nice recruiting rankings to them in TJ McWilliams, in new Hayes, and in Kenrick Lanier. Then on top of that, you've still got Christian Hoskins in this room as well. There is a ton of depth in this wide receiver room, but it calls the question how much will get used and how many will see the field. Now you've got what I just named two transfers, three guys coming back. That's five plus three freshmen. That's uh, eight. And then on top of that Christian Hoskins, that's nine. And that's not even including your two wide receivers from the 2024 class freshmen, which give you 11 receivers in that room. So overall, there's a ton of talent in the wide receiver room, but how will it come to the forefront? Meanwhile, at tight end, which is typically a position that you need more experience in and it takes longer to develop, the Gophers didn't go out there and bring in a transfer tight end. They have Jameson Gears. I believe they have Nick Keller coming back. But outside of that, you've got guys, two guys in the 2024 class. I believe you have two in the 2023 class and a bunch of, uh, Players that haven't had any snaps on the field. So overall, Gears and Kalerup will lead the charge. But in all honesty, the Gophers didn't use Revin Spana Ford enough, in my opinion, when it came to his advantages with his size and with his ability to maybe go up and win a contested catch. They didn't put him in those type of positions. And yes, he had glimpses and flashes still in the last season. But we saw what could be with the tight end position in 2022. And they started to go away from that and have more wide receiver incorporation. Now they continue to invest in that wide receiver position, but they don't continue to invest in the experience of the tight end position. So we will have a very, very inexperienced tight end room next season, especially when it comes to running routes. So will the Gophers only really use the tight end position as often in the run game blocking game and not so much in the pass game maybe we'll see more receivers three wide receiver sets four wide receiver sets and I ask the question of is Jameson Gears going to line up on the outside or going to line up in the slot like we saw Brevin Spanford do my money would say looking at the different things we've seen in this offseason the different priorities and how the Gophers have been moving that that's not going to continue, that the tight ends are going to stay in line, and that the wide receivers are going to get more usage on the field, which could mean more rotations. Now, Daniel Jackson's going to lead the charge. He's probably going to be on the field almost at all times, and almost every play that he wasn't on the field last season was a run play. So if you look at that, Daniel Jackson has his involvement, but then you look at Christian Driver, you look at Elijah Spencer, you look at Lemecky Brockington, Kenrick Lanier, maybe all four of those guys still get heavy rotation with Daniel Jackson giving you that core of five, you saw last year, but Brevin Ford was in the mix and that gave you a six. So maybe the Gophers move a sixth wide receiver into that rotation. And you have six guys that get a cat of vast amount of these key snaps of this offense. Now, right now, you got to believe what you see until proven otherwise. So I think that's the way this thing is going to shift until proven otherwise. I think that the tight ends are going to stay in line. I think you're going to see a lot more receivers rotating in this offense, and we'll see how much that passing production ticks up. Now, next week on Monday, we're going to talk about how I see that wide receiver room shaking out when it comes to the depth chart. And then I also want to talk about uh mailbag so definitely send your questions our way and hopefully we can do a mailbag episode on monday until then uh we're gonna see you next week next week is when we'll jump jump off and on top of that we're gonna talk about the most important players on this gophers football team the highest upside young players and so much more all next week so be sure to hit subscribe but be sure to like this video so others can find it and i will see you then row the boat Skyima, go gophers and don't forget to subscribe